All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with the Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And we are back with your favorite segment, Army Anonymous. Woohoo! Very excited for this one, um, as we always are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can pretty much just get into it. Um, there's quite a few sections that we're going to be going through this time, so um, we hope you guys enjoy. So, this is the general section. You know, as always, we start off with the general section. And the first submission, um, it says, Nijad, that is my concern. And this is from the USA. Now, I don't know what this means but for all who do not know my main account uh my twitter at is nija0329 so apparently for this person i am their concern um this is from the usa by the way i don't know why i'm their concern but here i am so hello (laughs) out of context it sounds like they're concerned about nigeria (laughs) (laughs) right it's so funny because um for people who don't know nija you know some people may call me nija on twitter but nija is not my name um it's really funny it's just a slang word for nigeria that nigerians use so um that's why some people call me that sometimes but they might not know because not everyone knows that nija isn't actually my name but yes <laughs> i i mean i could say look at look look at look in the bio it says your name but it's okay not everyone reads twitter bios it's fine <laughs> it's true it's fine it's fine so the next submission they say hey delilah and daisy first off i just want to say i really look forward to listening to your podcast every week while i'm at work and then they put a smiley face and they say it's really refreshing listening to both of you um uh to both Oh, they said it's really refreshing listening to you both have a very grounded and intelligent discussion about the things that go on in this fandom. Also, before I ask my question, I just want to say a couple weeks ago, I was minding my own business watching The Real Housewives of Potomac, and my jaw dropped when I saw Daisy on the screen. I was like, wait a minute, that's Daisy. Even though you were just in the background, you looked amazing and the camera kept on cutting to you. Question, is there a better slash safe place we could be talking about our streaming slash chart goals besides the timeline? After the whole mess that happened recently with the quote unquote testing situation, even though I hate Facebook, at least they have groups where the where the discussion won't reach the locals or nosy journalists that would write about what shade of purple our army currently fighting about. Sorry for the long message and this is from Australia. Now, to address the first part of this submission, um, (laughs) yes, I was on Real Housewives of Potomac for like one or two episodes. And that is because um, this was around the time of Miss Karen, who's on the show, Karen Huger. She was getting um, her vows renewed with her husband. And my mom was, uh, she was the one who designed uh, Miss Karen's dress. And that particular day, I happened to be helping my mom out in the store. Um, sorry, not the store, but more of like the showroom where the play, where the vow renewal was happening. And so because of that, they were like, oh yeah, you know, they're going to be filming here. So, you know, I had to like sign a, a thingy. What's what's the form? Is it like a waiver or something like, like that? NDA? Whatever. Yeah, non, yes, non-disclosure. That was what I was looking for. Why did I say waiver? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I appeared on screen and when the episode ended up coming out, I don't actually know why they focused on me so much because I didn't really say anything in the episode. I may have like greeted her. I think I like greeted her or something like that. But like most of what I'd actually said to her in that time, like it wasn't like shown, but they just kept on cutting back to me. And I was like, I haven't said anything. Why is the camera focusing on me? It was so weird. But yes, that's why I was in the episode. And you know, my mom and uh, Miss Karen, they go way back. They've been friends for almost like probably like two decades, almost two decades. Um, And we used to go to school with um, Miss Karen's daughter, Raven. Um, we went to the same elementary school, like back in like 2004, 2005 or something like that. Um, I remember even like we were going through like home videos like a few months ago and like in my 
home video for my sixth birthday party. We actually did spot her in the back talking to my mom. So it's like, she's been around us for a long time. And so that's why like sometimes my mom will appear on like certain episodes um, because, you know, she just gets invited to those same events because she is already friends with Karen. So that's why, um, that's why you will sometimes either spot my mom or me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the whole backstory behind it's, that. It's really if funny. confused. Because a few, a few months ago, I remember when we would be planning to record Talk With Army episodes, and Daisy would be messaging me, and she's like, bro, the filming still isn't done. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they would be filming for, like, hours. Like, no, like being on, like, those episodes, like, I really get, like, to see, like, the behind the scenes of certain things, like, how, you know, they film certain things, and it was just interesting to me. Um... I won't say too much about it because obviously this is not what this episode is about, <laughs> but that was that was a little tidbit of what I was doing. Um, but yes, in the second question, to um, answer the second part of your question, um, is there better sit slash safe space you could be talking about streaming slash charcoals besides the timeline? Um, I do agree that like there are a lot of nosy people um, who try and basically be peering into army spaces and try and be siphoning information out of us secretly. And I find that very weird and I find it very invasive. However, I don't necessarily think that the solution is to take the conversation off of Twitter entirely because of just how army concentrated Twitter is. I think that there are ways where we can be like a little bit more discreet about it. Maybe if we if we could think of something like I don't know, maybe like moving it to Discord or something. Because I would I would say Clubhouse, but I don't want to use Clubhouse because also, journalists have yeah, been in those spaces before. I was about so. to say it used to be Clubhouse was a great alternative, and it's what armies were using for quite a while. And then once we noticed journalists were peeking in and then writing articles with things people said in clubhouse we realized oh this is no longer uh, a safe place to talk about these things right and people could argue that oh because clubhouse is like a public platform they're allowed to you know do whatever they want in terms of like writing articles but at the same time it is quite unsettling that i could just be in a clubhouse space with all of my army friends and some journalist is just listening in and taking note of like everything that i say like is that not weird to some people especially because people you know they're in clubhouse to just like talk about their interests but, right. but, but, but people, journalists treat it like it's like an army town hall meeting and like the press just is supposed to be there. Right. Like it's a whole press conference that they treat it as when we're on Clubhouse and it's just so weird to me. So that's why like armies don't really use Clubhouse for that kind of thing. If they were before, they certainly aren't now just because of what had happened. I remember there was like a huge conversation about it on Twitter um and people just decided that it really was not safe to just be talking about these things openly on clubhouse and it sucks because you know as armies we shouldn't feel the need to have to continuously move platforms because we feel like unsafe and uncomfortable on twitter uh but i mean i don't necessarily know if there's like a right way to go right. about this because while i do think that like it would be nice if we had just some privacy I, like I said before, I just really don't want to fully remove the conversation from Twitter because there's so many active people on here, so many charts that kind of like focus around Twitter that like removing that conversation from Twitter, a lot of people are going to be lost. Yeah, and then the other thing is, it's interesting how when Twitter spaces came about to like compete with Clubhouse, it's really hilarious how fast that came out. Uh, right. And you could tell it was rushed because Twitter spaces are still messy. But right. when armies are having conversations on spaces, it's really annoying to see that we'll be having very serious conversations. Um, you know, we'll be talking about, uh, like, corruption in the music industry or racism that bts is facing and we see all these blue check mark accounts right. all these journalists listening in but then they don't write about that they they aren't writing about that but then they'll go and write about some beef armies half of blinks it's 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 crazy right you can definitely tell that like some journalists will 
pick specific things to write about because there will be so many times where something actually serious or something insightful or there's some type of intellectual conversation happening on army twitter and it's crickets from them but the second that armies are i don't know talking about some like bts meme they're all over that or it's like um like they'll write a whole article about how jungkook posted a video of bam or something i don't know they always pick like the most random things to talk about but then like if it's something serious like for example like the whole thing with like uh Jimmy. the racism that yeah. bts has been facing mm -hmm. um especially like lately with like the whole jimmy kimmel thing like none of these journalists will go and write about that and you know some have even implied that they would only write about the racism that bts face if they're paid if they're paid for it so it's like you can clearly see that there's like other you know there's there's some ulterior motives going on it's just super shady business honestly and like part of me gets it. like i understand like they're as a journalist it's also their job and so they're going to want to write about what will get them paid like, everyone has to put food on the table, right? But that just kind of goes to show that these news networks, these, uh, like, just these publications, that's the word I was thinking of, they are, they are so specific in what they want to be seen and what they don't want to show to the general audience. Like, it's just, a bit, it's becoming more and more obvious how ridiculously controlled especially music publications are controlled in how journalists have to write about very specific things like it's just very sickening i really wish that music journalism was just more authentic like it's it's really depressing because the music industry i I have seen some really great articles, and I feel like there are very passionate journalists in the music journalism industry, but the industry just doesn't allow for that. Instead, they have to write all these fluff pieces about what shade of purple armies are currently fighting about, as OP said. Right, so I would say rather than like taking discussion off of certain platforms, what I would say is just to, I guess, more diversify rather than you know, say, oh, it should just be moved to this specific platform. Because at the end of the day, journalists will find a way into every yeah. single army space they we can. can't keep hopping um, around. Mm. Right. They'll, they'll just find any way. And they're not going to stop until they find something that they want to write about. So if they're going to be in our spaces anyway, might as well just diversify. I don't think moving platforms is necessarily going to fix the problem. Because you know how persistent these journalists are. Exactly. Um... Okay, and with that, the next submission says, I understand why you don't approve of fan sites. However, since joining Instagram, Hobie has reposted fan site photos himself, so it's a very mixed message about enjoying their photos when a member of the group are somewhat promoting them. From the UK. With this whole fan site photo thing, um, obviously I'm just going off of my assumptions here, and I'm going to preface by saying that. Um, I don't think BTS can really tell which ones are like fan site photos sometimes. I think that sometimes they might not be like fully aware of like certain things. Like the same way that like when Tay went to like that um that birthday event that like I think it was like a China bar um the fan site had done for him. Like to him he just sees that as a birthday project. He doesn't know the person behind it. Um, so even if that person is problematic, well, they may feel validated. He doesn't necessarily know that that person is problematic. Because if he did, then obviously, like, he probably wouldn't have gone. But, you know, in some cases, I feel like BTS sometimes may just genuinely don't know the difference. And so because of that, they may end up accidentally promoting the wrong people. But I'm not going to go and say that that's them promoting, like, fan site culture. Because obviously, you know, their company has those rules for everybody's safety in terms of, like, fan sites, you know, taking photos at concerts, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very nuanced conversation. Yeah, I think it is a nuanced conversation. Like, I'm not gonna, like, I don't want to infantilize BTS and be like, oh, they don't, they don't know any better. Like, they, they, they are completely ignorant. Like, I, I think sometimes it is hard to tell if photos are from fan sites, especially specific fan sites, 
Right. Uh, the ones that are, you know, ones that have been blacklisted, especially because unless you are really paying attention, sometimes you don't notice a little logo in the corner. Sometimes it right. just looks like really nice photos um, that even, like, even media can take because they have very similar photos. Also, BTS are the type of people that watch color-coded lyrics <laughs> on YouTube. Right. It's highly possible that they just repost photos that they see scrolling the tags on Instagram, or um, or like they literally just Google themselves. Like, if I needed a picture of myself and I was a famous celebrity, I would just Google myself. Um, right, because I'd get way more attractive photos Googling myself <laughs> than if I did scrolling through my actual gallery. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't want to say, oh, like they're completely ignorant. But I think they're, but I don't want to also say that just because they post a fan site picture doesn't mean they're promoting them either. So like, it's kind of, it's kind of a gray area. Like, I understand what OP is saying, because how can we sit here and say, oh, don't follow fan sites, don't trust fan sites, blah, 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 BTS doesn't like fan sites but then we have like small pieces of evidence where bts seem to not care and i understand you know the struggle with you know seeing that dissonance but at the same time i'm still firm in the belief that fan sites are not not good they're problematic and it is not oh, just an aspect of Korean culture because plenty of Koreans have spoken up about how absolutely terrible they are and how much they lack etiquette and that they just cause so many problems uh, for all the people that they're around. So no, I'm still not going to accept them just because, you know, BTS reposted a photo of theirs. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that submission. So the next one, they say, I feel like African armies are hardly ever acknowledged, for lack of a better word, on here, and it's kind of sad. And this is from South Africa. Yeah, when it comes to African um, army fan bases, I definitely do feel like there's, you know, um, you know, they find it difficult to kind of, you know, get their name out there to kind of like stand out. And so it can be pretty frustrating for them because, you know, already they have it pretty hard as is because, you know, when it comes to BTS or just any K-pop act in general, like they don't really come to Africa. And even if they do come to Africa, there's only like very specific places that they would be going. Like, for example, even like most like Western artists, like when they're going to have like concerts in Africa and stuff like that, it's either going to be they're performing in Nigeria, Ghana or South Africa. But that's pretty much it, you know, and there's so many other countries out there that are getting missed out on. And so, you know already they're feeling left out and then you know going on twitter and you know obviously like there's not that many of you know the african fan bases out there so it can be pretty frustrating so mm, i mean i can't really say much about it because there's not really much i can do except to say hang in there you know yeah i i, I think it would be cool if there was like some type of army fan base coalition um, yeah. So then that way, like, different country fan bases have, like, some sort of, some sort of, like, network so they can promote each other and whatnot. Because even though I, I see a lot of, like, individual African armies on my timeline, and part of that is probably because, you know, Daisy and, like, Daisy has a lot of African mutuals and then I just happen to see them. So that's just lucky on my part. But I don't, I rarely see, like, African fan bases, so it, it would be, it would be nice to see more of those promoted. I agree. Alright, so the next submission says, Hello, smiley face. First of all, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. You're doing great, smiley face. My submission is that BTS and Hype slash Big Hit never had a good relationship with K-media. Like, they never really acknowledge BTS, and when they do, the articles are not so good. Like, what happened with Tay, with Tay when he went to a museum recently. 
and many K-Armies have said multiple times that the success of BTS is often being downplayed by K-Media. I think it'll be interesting if you do an episode about why K-Media treats BTS this way compared to other groups from the Big Three, for example. Like you did in the episode where you explained the relationship, quote-unquote, between BTS and Korean broadcasting stations. Thank you for reading, smiley face, from France. I think that this is a great idea. I would love to do an episode like this. Me too. I would love to do an episode. It would take probably even more research than the Korean broadcasting station one because um, we would want to find like accurate translations of articles that are, you know, from the media. Um, so even though this one would probably take some digging, it would be really fun and interesting. So we will definitely probably end up doing this. Yeah, it, it, it may take a while because you know us, we love to research, but I still think that it would be a good idea. And um, I would definitely think that we will save this in our idea bank. So thank you for the suggestion. All right. So the next submission, they say... Even though I obviously miss BTS's tweets, I honestly don't mind that they've been using Instagram a lot more these past two months. I feel like Instagram is a safer space for them than Twitter because they can block comments, which means it's a lot easier to avoid trolls and antis. I also feel like we've been getting content on Insta that we wouldn't get on Twitter as much, such as extensive numjuning pics, multiple Jungkook boxing videos, and they put the dizzy emoji, <laughs> and the best of all, um, getting to be third wheels to BTS flirting in each other's comments on a daily basis. I just need Instagram to please fix their notifications, and I'm patiently waiting for the first 2022 OT7 pic, and this is from the USA. Honestly, period, because, you know, when it comes to Twitter, obviously that's kind of where they started off and, you know, it has, you know, their biggest, it's, it's pretty much their biggest platform. And so I can understand why people may feel like, you know, something's missing, especially because, you know, a lot of armies really only joined Twitter because BTS was there. Although I do agree with this person when, you know, they say that we're getting like a lot of pictures and, you know, little snippets into BTS's life that we'd have otherwise not gotten on Instagram, especially like because they frequently use their Insta stories, for example, and we had like that thing called fleets on Twitter. It was stupid, by the way, and they canceled that. Um, but like, you know, we wouldn't have gotten that on Twitter. And so I feel like it's like a really cool way of them to just like give us like real time updates of like what they're doing without feeling the need to like, I guess, kind of spam us with all those posts because obviously they all have their individual accounts. So that means that they could pretty much just do whatever they want. First of all, apologies for these stupid trains going by. I don't understand. It is nine o'clock like literally nine o'clock on the dot why why are you passing through and why are you blowing your horn but anyway um i i have to agree like even though i kind of miss the twitter experience it is so fun Just trying to talk over the train it is so <laughs> this is this is this is rude <laughs> so rude it's so fun to see them have fun and i i just love that they've limited comments to only each other there's no other group that's done that like it it is just the best to see them use instagram like it's their group chat because it's definitely not and the way they act like there's no one else watching it's just it's it's really just nice it's just really nice to see and like the, this person said, like getting actual daily snippets of what they're doing. Like today is uh, February 10th and waking up this morning to seeing Tay flipping a man was not on my BTS Instagram agenda, but someone probably has it on their Bangtan bingo card somewhere. So check it off, I guess. I know, like, I would have never, like, the type of videos that they've been giving us, like, it goes, like, for, you know, like, things like Tay flipping somebody over, first of all, was not ready for that. I was, like, I was, not ready. I, I, I was, I was, I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, he's just, like, dodging around, and then, boom, flips him. And I was like, what happened? Where, where happened to flipped the plot? Him, <laughs> flipped him like a pancake at IHOP. Let me tell you something. I know so many armies were wishing they were that person. Don't even lie to me. Be honest with yourselves. How to but, be like, a blue mat. 
honestly. Was the mat even blue? Don't know. (laughs) I don't even know. Like, what color was the mat? I don't know. Probably orange. I wasn't looking. I was looking at (laughs) Tay. But, like, yeah, it's, like, those types of things and, like, those types of snippets that, like, I really just don't feel we would have gotten on Insta. I feel like Insta... You mean Twitter? Um... Like, I just feel like when it comes to, like, what they do with Insta, I definitely feel like they probably use it now because they feel, like, so much less limited. Just because of, like, the way that Twitter is formatted, especially, like, with how many um, words you can put in one tweet, like, the character limit. Because, like, even, like, for, like, their New Year's, like, messages to fans or, like, when they win awards and stuff, like, now with Insta, they can leave, like, way longer messages. And, you know, I know they use WeFirst for that as well, but, like, the fact that they could, like, just do it in their own little ways, like, on Insta and stuff like that and you know they could just talk about like what they're watching and stuff like that it's just really cool so um i enjoy it and i would definitely look forward to them using insta even more and i am also waiting on the 2022 ot7 pick you know what would also be an interesting twitter feature and you know i don't even know like as i'm thinking it through in my head this sounds like an absolutely terrible idea sorry if i speak it into existence but what if you know how you could turn off uh, replies. Uh, yeah. But of course, people can still quote tweet. But what if you were able to also turn off quote tweets? That I feel is playing with fire. I know it's <laughs> playing with fire, but like at the same time, part of me is like maybe like some like it'd, it'd be good maybe like for artists that just you know want to see their art. But at the same time, people the whole point of Twitter is to like facilitate like. You're tweeting, you're talking, and the whole point of the app is to talk and stuff. And then plus, if people are being stupid, you can't, like, ratio them into existence anymore. So, like, of course, as I'm saying it out loud, it's a terrible idea. But I think it would be really interesting um, to see all the screenshots that would go around because uh, someone turned off their Pope tweets. So it's just screenshots of shaming people. <laughs> <laughs> And I know. Before I've... Twitter is like, hmm, this update was terrible, and then they get rid of it. <laughs> I know that's literally what they've been doing lately. Like they, they give like a feature, and everyone's like, we hate it, and then they just take it off, and then they start again. I'm tired. Well, you know what? Doing better than Instagram. Every time we ask Instagram to do something, they're like, okay, and then they do the exact opposite, <laughs> or something that wasn't even in the playing cards. Right. So yeah, I think that finishes that submission so the next submission they say i want all the big streaming accounts to test the voting methods before the new comeback so far only vietnam armies have done it and it would be helpful if u.s streaming accounts did it too and this is from india see i was not present for some of the discourse behind what vietnam armies were doing in terms of like the streaming testing But there was just so much controversy behind it that I was like, whoa, let me just let me just stay out of this conversation. See, this is what happens when you become a working adult, like you (laughs) leave for like eight hours to do job stuff. Then you come back and the timeline is in flames, but like it's not really flames anymore. It's more like embers and like the flames already died out. So you can't even like bring up what happened because everyone's already moved on. Right. And like at that point, everyone had already said what they wanted to say. So I was like, oh, okay, damn. Like <laughs> I just, I just moved on. Like I didn't really look too deeply into it, but all I know is that um, you know, from the minimal context that I have, somehow Vietnam armies were able to do some type of streaming test where they massively increased the number of streams. And I think just, I think it was the method that they were doing it. Um, there were a lot of people who disagreed with that and they said that it's really going to make us look like bots. And obviously like, this isn't like the right way to do it. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, conversation talking about like why we're really doing this kind of stuff and are we doing it simply just to have the satisfaction of boosting streams or are we just like increasing these streams because we genuinely want to listen to the music. So there's like a lot of different conversations going around the timeline. So like I said, I stayed out of it. Um, But in terms of like working towards like trying streaming methods to see what works and what doesn't work, I still think that we should do that. I just don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know if we should copy what was going on with the Vietnam charting accounts. 
I mean, part of the reason I think we're also looking for new streaming methods is because it was basically discovered that BTS has a ridiculously high, like, streaming filter compared to other artists. And it's like, oh, so we can be streaming organically, but half of those are going to be filtered out anyway. Um, so I understand the need to combat that because they always they always change the rules they're always changing the rules and we're always adapting to them but i also get the concern of okay well are we just trying to maximize streams as much as possible so we can brag about streaming numbers or are we generally just trying to break the system that keeps trying to cancel out our streams altogether. Right. That was basically the conversation that was going around the timeline. So, yeah. In terms of that, I definitely think that regardless of how we do things, we mm -hmm. should always keep in mind that we're doing this because we love the music and because we want to make sure that BTS has the fairest chance at getting what they deserve. Not for bragging rights, not for anything shallow like that, but because it's for BTS and we like their music and we want to see them succeed at the end of the day. Right. And so with that... We can move on to the next submission. This one says, Could someone make a master thread or account for people who have already been cancelled from ARMY Twitter, uh, such as I'm June's Crab, Maggie D, etc. Because it's becoming really hard to keep track. Like, just one master thread and then the subtweets will be each account, where each subtweet will be a thread containing infos like their previous ads, backups, accounts, what they've been cancelled for screenshots for evidence etc i'm not sure if i explained it well basically a thread of threads for example an au thread where the subtweets are categories in the case of this master thread the categories will be each account from the philippines that sounds like a very like detailed like thing that could happen it would probably take a very long time because mm -hmm. context and it just gets so lost in Stan Twitter. And honestly, like when people make threads, sometimes, for example, like exposed threads, you know, there'll be times where like some of the accounts in question have been suspended. And so some information gets lost again. So it's very difficult to keep track of information, especially about specific accounts on army Twitter, especially if it's been years, because like people like I'm June's crab and Maggie, like these people, like their names date back to like what, 2018, 2017. Like it's been a while since we've seen them at all. So it would be definitely a arduous task, but if somebody would be up for it and willing to compile all of that information, um, I would say go for it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Am I gonna do it? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have enough time to be compiling evidence like that, especially because like some of these tweets, I um sorry, not some of these tweets, but some of these accounts, I don't have like the the full story, like some some things I was just not present for. So it will be a job for someone who has been on Stan Twitter for like, at least four years, maybe five. Have you not been on? When did you join Stan Twitter? I started becoming like actually active in like or like May of 2019, uh, not 2019, 2018, around that time. Yes, I became an ARMY in like late 2016, but I didn't really start using my Twitter account until much, much later. So four years, like you just said. I mean, I would say like, <laughs> okay, not four years. Four okay. years for somebody like Maggie, maybe actually, because okay. Maggie, she was like very active around like 2018. Like, and if you guys were around during like 2018, it was a running gag where Maggie would like literally get suspended like every three to five business days and she would come back like, hey guys, yes, it's Maggie. They got me again. Retweet so I can find my mutuals. Like, do you remember that, Delilah? Oh, I remember it. <laughs> But that that was a long time ago. But like I I think I, I can't remember if I'm June's crab is actually still on Twitter or not because they change their ads and like hide a lot. Like I'm pretty sure they are still on Twitter because remember there's that one really huge BTS account that is it the streaming one? It was like one of the streaming ones that um. It was revealed that, like, the admin is basically I'm June's crab, but I can't remember which one, because I know I have it blocked. 
I, Why do they keep... Aren't they tired? What the heck? I, I, I don't feel like I'm making it up. If some... Okay, if you're listening to this and you know what I'm talking about, can you, like, DM us and let me know so I know I'm not going crazy? Like, I swear I'm Jude's crap has, like, not been deleted from Twitter. Like, they are still in the dusty corners, uh, just existing. Right, because the thing with them is that, like, they would be here, do something problematic, get called out, go into, like, the freaking witness protection program or whatever. Then they would come back with, like, a different name, and then they would pretend to be somebody else, but then they get exposed for being I'm June's Crab, and then it's, like, lather, rinse, repeat. And it went on for so long that at that point, like, we couldn't trust any new big account that was just popping up and, like, saying stuff, because it's, like, we don't know if they were I'm June's Crab. Everyone just started to respecting each other like at this like I like I've never seen like such collective like confusion over I am June's crab and god knows what they're doing now I don't know what they're doing right now I don't know what account they could possibly be using I mean at this point I could be I'm June's crab and I don't even know like that's how crazy <laughs> it was oh my goodness uh because I, I'm just trying to think, because I'm Jude's Crab, okay, so if you don't know who I'm Jude's Crab is, they're like a, they're a scammer in the intellectual sense. They are always stealing, like, edits and translations and tweets, like, they are a total, um, they are total sore in, a total menace for creators on armies. And then they kept, like, always rebranding, and then, um, it's just, like, it's just, it's been, it's been a real mess, um. Oh, yeah, another thing that they did, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they, weren't they the ones who, like, popularized, like, the whole template thing to Big Hit's email? I think, oh, it had to have been them. I think so. Because it was definitely them. Like, every time something would happen, they were just there ready with the template. And it got to a point where people were like, what is, what use is this? Yeah, and then now everyone is just clogging up their, the the big hits emails over things that they don't need to be emailed about. Mm. Exactly. And so that's why like, and on top of that, like they pretended to be like so many different identities. I think at one point they were pretending to be like a queer Muslim person and like they pretended to have been like outed by somebody on Twitter. It was something like really disgusting and problematic. It's it's kind of insane. Uh, I just in this day and age in the internet, there is there's no reason to lie about your identity. Like, there's there's no reason to lie about your identity. And I'm not talking about concealing personal information about yourself. I'm talking about just making up your nationality, your race, your sexuality. Just, like, completely, like, creating, like, an OC (laughs) of yourself (laughs) or your Twitter. And then, like, people... Because, I mean, most people are going to expect people to just be honest um like if daisy asks me when my birthday is and i say august 22nd she's gonna be like what the hell are you talking about because right. <laughs> like why would i just lie about my birthday like why would i just lie about my birthday that's psycho um exactly. so just lying about your identity it's it's ridiculous <laughs> you you don't need to do that <laughs> Exactly. And so that's why I definitely like if anyone wants to make like a giant master thread for like these types of problematic accounts, I support it. I will be rooting for you. Um, But yeah, that pretty much finishes that submission. So the next one says, they say, I really hate when people talk about parasocial relationships. First, it seems like this sort of criticism is directed in overwhelming proportions towards female fandoms, and particularly ARMY. There's a whole study that should be conducted as to why these sorts of criticisms of parasocial relationships are leveled against K-pop fandoms and not sports fandoms or gamers. Second, the people making these criticisms often feel like they come from wealth slash uh, slash privilege or at least from a place where they have a strong support system. Many people don't have those things. Many don't have family slash friends slash community due to death of those close to you or being 
being shunned for being queer or due to health or any number of factors, my issue with this buzzword is people frame it in only a negative way. When often for some people, when when often some people use such a thing like music, sports, etc., to help with depression or to help them get to a place where they can function after a loss slash bad health slash etc. I'm aware BTS doesn't and will never know me personally, and I truly do not care. Let me find joy in supporting them and finding comfort in their music slash content without the parasocial relationship lecture. And this is from the USA. Honestly, go off. Yeah, no, it's it's so weird how like you can look up to a celebrity, relate to a celebrity, and someone's writing think pieces about parasocial relationships. Like it it like even if it is if it's not harmful what's the issue like are you it just feels like you're just trying to put down someone's interests and make fun of the um them being attached to a celebrity even though i mean i feel like it's just a human thing to do these types of things right and we've talked about this before um especially on the d'angelo episode that we had done i think it was like part two specifically that we had talked about the whole parasocial relationship thing where parasocial relationships aren't inherently good or bad it just depends on the person and their relationship and just like how like those dynamics are playing out with the with those individuals um, so when people always seem to frame it as like a bad thing that is bad to have a parasocial relationship, it's like they're it's just so messed up. Um, and honestly, like this person brings up an interesting point talking about like how sometimes it can come from like a place of privilege because there are some people who like really do not have a support system or resources to be able to get like specific help. And so they rely on other things for happiness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I definitely feel like some people really need to just be careful about how they speak about parasocial relationships because not everybody is in the same situation that you are. And it is perfectly fine to either be inspired by or to use, for example, like a sports team or a music group to be happy and, you know, enjoying that makes you happy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, there comes, you know, uh, into the conversation of trying not to use them as a particular crutch so that, like, you're fully relying on them for happiness. I mean, there may be points in time where you do rely on them fully, but then I guess the key, especially with BTS, you know, it's to slowly help yourself get better to the point where you can still enjoy their music, but you're just not doing it from such like a bad headspace that you were before. Because that's kind of what happened to me, you know, when I found them in 2016, I was in a pretty bad headspace. Like I've talked about this before, how my mental health was like terrible when I first found BTS. But then eventually, as I slowly started getting better, like I started using their music to help myself. And now I'm not in a position where I'm in that bad headspace, but I still am enjoying their music. And I still am very much in a parasocial relationship with them. But that's not a bad thing. Like there's like you are not intellectually superior because you don't rely on because you don't rely on your interests to bring you happiness sorry <laughs> exactly so like people who talk about this they're always like they always think that they're so great they always think that they're so like it's always this holier than thou mentality right and it's coming from people who like they have parasocial relationships with other things like for example like when we were talking about like in the d'angelo episode how these people were talking about oh my gosh like you have your parasocial relationship with bts and that's why you can't accept any criticism about bts meanwhile they're defending d'angelo who is somebody who they have a parasocial relationship with and they're arguing with us because they can't stand any criticism of d'angelo so it's like it's really all just pot versus kettle at the end of the day right it's it's just so crazy how people can disregard their own actions uh but make fun of people for doing similar or the same thing it it's kind of interesting but also really annoying for the most part it is <laughs> and so yeah that's the that's the that's the end of that submission so the next one they say Will I ever get to go to their concert? I saved money for a good ticket, but they never came to Italy. And this is from, you know, of course, given away by that. Um, they're from Italy. 
Um, in terms of like concerts, yeah, they really have not been to Italy. There's quite a few European countries I can think of that they haven't visited or either like that or haven't visited in a while. So I do wonder like what other places would be cool for BTS to visit like in Europe. I think that Italy would definitely be like somewhere cool that they could have a concert. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone to Italy yet. Because um, they, right. they, they usually do the UK, France. Germany, um, I think. Yeah, Germany. I don't think, have they done Spain? Have they done Spain? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. Even though... Yeah, they should. Even though... Um, I'm, I'm jealous because traveling within Europe is so much cheaper than traveling in the USA. Like, why do, I, why do I have to pay $800 to uh, fly to another state? <laughs> it's terrible, honestly. I, even though, like, a good thing about America is that because it's so big, most people can take a vacation in, like, the country and it can be equally as fun or as magical as traveling outside of the country. But at the same time, like Delilah was talking about, just, like, travel costs and stuff like that, it is just so ridiculous. Um, Even just to go from state to state, it takes so long. And the fact that America is, you know, a very drive heavy country, you know, to get to most places, you're going to have to drive even public transport, even though like around my area, because like I'm in the DMV area and, um, you know, mm-hmm. where I live, you know, my um area has the metro system. But even still with the metro system, it's really not that perfect. And there's like a lot of different ways that it can improve. So even still, like with this like public transport system, I would still drive honestly because it's just a lot more convenient. But even still, like driving, like gas costs money. (laughs) It's expensive. Like I don't want to have to keep on driving everywhere. That's why I miss the UK because back when I was studying in the UK, like London, like you can get a lot of places like using like the bus or the train system, but you could also walk a lot of places. And I really appreciated that. I feel like I was a lot healthier in the UK because of the fact that I was just walking to so many more places that like I was just always burning off calories. So I, I, that's one thing I definitely do miss about like being in Europe, the walkability of like a lot of the cities. Yeah, um, I I still haven't done a trip in Europe, and I would really love to go. Even though y'all don't have AC for some reason, um, I'm probably going to die. But I would really love to uh, <laughs> just spend, I don't know, like, just like a month in Europe. Like, I, I know some people do like a week or two week trips, but uh, I, I would really want to be able to explore all of the countries very just like very evenly if that makes sense like I don't have to like cut corners and be like okay I can only do um three days in Italy so um but I can do five days in France sort of thing like I I would want everything to be like pretty equally explored if I were to do a European tour but we'll see if I ever am able to even have time for that (laughs) Right. Although I will say that, like, it's much easier to do, like, the Western European countries in a short time compared to, like, all the Eastern European countries. Right, right. But we'll see. But we'll see. Oh, and by the way, it just hit me. I remembered. Okay, I totally mixed up I'm June's Crab with a different account. So, remember earlier I was like, don't they, like, run a big fan base account? No. The person I was thinking of that is not at I'm June's Crab is at Melanin, Melanin Sugar. Oh, that one. Yeah, at Melanin Sugar runs at BTS underscore army. Um, and that is the BTS fan, big fan base account that I have blocked. <laughs> Right, because, like, for some reason, like, so many, like, celebrities, like, when they're thanking BTS, like, they think that that is, like, the official, like, ARMY kind of BTS, and so, like, they'll tag it, and then we have to be like, no, that's not also, affiliated also, with BTS. if you are following at BTS underscore ARMY, unfollow them. What are you doing? Like, these people have pretended to be dating the members, and, like, they will literally go to 
those places that the members were at and like pretend like they were on a date with them. Right. And on top of that, like they don't ever tweet anything useful. So like there's no point in following them. Yeah, they I checked. They have five five point four million followers and I'm Oh like, my god. Yeah, I know. Which is why I'm like, do you people even understand? Also, um Melanin Suga is a scammer. Um she I'm pretty sure she claimed to be broke and then like did a GoFundMe and then uh like scammed the money. The money was a scam. Um and also, then... I've heard that, like, she's... Oh, no, I'm thinking of a complete... See, I, we're thinking of different accounts. I'm thinking of... It was, like, her account was, like, Tay something. She was the one that went to, like, Good Morning America concert, and she was, like, oh, very, like, rude and stuff like that. That was... Yeah, that was another account. Yeah, her account was, like, Tay something. I don't remember what her thing was specifically, but if any of you guys know... What what threw me for a loop was proof that um, at Melon and Suga is also the fan site Spring um, 030993, uh, which is, like, if you, if you were, like, an army, like, 2015 to, like, 2000 maybe like 18, 19, you would have seen this Yugi fan site a lot. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I, every once in a while, I'll be scrolling through my camera roll and I'll still see pictures from this fan site because that's how big of a fan site they were and probably still are. I have them blocked, just like I, I have headliner blocked, so I don't know. Um, but just the, if you can easily just search at, um, at BTS underscore ARMY, threads on twitter and like what you will see will shock you right and i swear did we talk about that specific fan site account in that one episode that we did i think i I think we might have we might have um but i'm not exactly sure um and if we did i don't know if we talked in depth about them running bts underscore army yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, those types of accounts are stupid. So, yeah. And the last submission for uh, this part of Army Anonymous, um, and it's actually the end of the general category. And this person says, happy birthday, Delhi. And then instead of putting where they're from, they put promote me. And we know exactly who we this is. Exactly this is one of our friends. Is. Hello, Elvin. <laughs> um, maybe we'll promote you if you come off private and... Um, but yes, thank you. My birthday was, in fact, February 2nd, so thank you to everyone who sent me happy birthday messages. Like, I don't know, like, that, that was such a terrible week for me. I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I could not enjoy my birthday at all, but seeing all the birthday messages that our listeners said, um really made me feel a lot better so really i really can't emphasize how much i appreciate all the happy birthday messages yes thank you to all of you guys who sent her those messages and all the yungi pics again as we said it's greatly appreciated so yeah um that pretty much finishes this part of army anonymous so in tomorrow's episode we're going to be uh moving straight out from the general category into the internal fandom issues category so look forward to that guys Mm-hmm. that that one always gets really interesting so i'm excited to go through those and we will see you all next time bye for now all right bye